0: Well, good morning. Today is Tuesday, May 9th, and this is our weekly market update. Uh, Dave and Scott are off today, and so you have myself, Jay, and Paige doing this week's update. So we'll go ahead and get started in here. Um, planning weather actually looks really good, uh, and you will look at the planning progress this week. Um, We're we're ahead of the five year average and we'll kind of show the numbers here in a minute. But I think the thing that's worth calling out is if you remember two weeks ago, we were so concerned about the cold weather, uh, the cold soil temps. And really, I don't remember what the what the uh, record was, but uh, we're we are clearly showing that the U.S. farmer can plant a lot of uh, acres in one week. Last week, they they planted or they increased. Corn planting by 23% and the increase soybean planting by 26%. So uh, seeing a lot of progress there and, and weather actually looks looks pretty favorable. And Paige will talk about that as we get into the weather. Uh, this last week, the uh, the Fed not surprisingly raised ba- uh, interest rates by 25 points. And, and that was kind of the expectation. And now the expectation is maybe are we going to see a more of a pause going forward? Um, followed by maybe some some uh, uh, rate cuts going into the end of the year. You know, we saw another another bank that failed, and I think that there's just a lot of concern in the economy around what kind of impact these, you know, interest rate hikes are having. While at the same time time trying to to stem any kind of uh, any kind of recession, and and we did get a strong jobs report, um, which may indicate that that even if we go through. And we do have some sort of a recession that this could indicate maybe a little bit more of a soft landing and then finally when we get to the the uh, spec report you'll see there's a lot of red on the page um, the spec is still selling uh, I think everything what was a page except for butter I think that's the only uh only thing that yep. not yeah
1: <laughs> butter was the only green one on
0: there yep yep so we'll we'll take a look at that but well and i think it's worth noting too before we get going too much further uh we didn't put the black sea grain initiative on here which might be the first time in in months that that wasn't on here um i guess the only thing new to report on that is is uh ship inspections have kind of slowed down to a, a crawl if not a stop Ukraine did come out this morning. Their Ag Minister came out and said uh, "Ah, it's not a big deal. If this thing doesn't doesn't get extended, uh, we're good. We have other options to export our grain. We don't see this as being apocalyptic if the Russians don't agree to an extension. So uh, if you want to circle a date on your calendar, May 18th is the date that the Black Sea Grain Initiative expires. And so I'm guessing as we approach that we're going to get more uh, news headlines from both sides. Um, with all kinds of, uh, you know, accusations and, and asks. But I think the market right now has kind of prepared itself for probably this thing not happening um, just because it it doesn't feel like we're going to get a lot of traction there. But as we've seen before with everything happening over there, a lot can change. So stay tuned. Um, we have the uh, May WASDE coming up here on May 12th, which is Friday. Um, this is a little bit more of a uh, a important WASDE just because this is our first look at at the 2324 production number. I don't know. Jay and I were talking about it earlier. I don't see a lot on here that, that jumps off the page saying uh, look out. But I guess it is one of these things that, uh, you know, we will send out an update on Friday and obviously if there's anything big um, we will uh, we will let everybody know. But. Go ahead and dive into the market here. Last week, if you remember, I think Dave made the comment that it was kind of selling across the board. And this week, things kind of uh, went back the other direction. Uh, July corn, I mean, was up 11 and a half cents last week. Um, You know, when you look at, again, the the U.S. planning progress, we were at 49% planted versus 21% last year. So a good bit ahead of last year. And about 7% ahead of the five year average. I think when you look at how far along we are, You know, the the bullish potential for acreage losses uh, is diminishing. I mean, there is still that possibility. And I think when Paige talks about weather in North Dakota, you'll see that. uh, The forecast looks a little bit wet, but I think as you look at at where we are. um, Every week that we go by with some and I'm guessing this week we will probably see a pretty good jump in in uh, planning progress as well, but those those chances for lost acres are. um, that that's going to diminish on the bearish side of the market. Again, planning has had a schedule we did have. And I think Dave mentioned it last week uh, for the first time in like it was like 22 years. We had negative export sales for the month of April. Uh, China canceled eight cargoes of U.S. corn and the market. The market is trying to digest what does this mean going forward? I mean, has has China left the building uh, when it comes to purchases or uh, is there is there something uh, a little bit broader going on here? So I think when you look at, the, at U.S. commodities, uh, as, as we've mentioned in the past, uh, we're just uh, a bit high priced compared to the rest of the world. And with Brazil having this, Safrina corn crop is going to start harvest here probably in the next month. Um, really, that kind of takes the U.S. Out of the, uh, out of the driver's seat when it comes to exports. We will oh, here we'll stop here real quick on slide seven. This is a this is the uh, planning progress. And like we said, we're at 49% versus 42. But I think the key thing to look at is some of the the uh, key states. Illinois is at 73% compared to an average of 46. Uh, Iowa is at 70 compared to 53. So some of these some of these big producing states are, are a good bit ahead of of, of uh, average. And so that's that's I would say that's probably pretty key when you look at at uh, potential for for good production. Then you look at lowly North Dakota. North Dakota comes in barely making it on the board at 1% planted versus 11%. So this is the risk right here. When you look at the potential for lost acres, when you have a state like North Dakota, where that kind of becomes our swing state a little bit when you look at prevent plant and and some of those impacts. But I think uh, I think when you look at at where we are, it's not quite uh, not quite time to break glass yet, and hit the panic button. Um, but I would say if we get out the next week or two and this number doesn't change much, uh, there might be some concern. But it's it is uh, it is diminishing. Jay, what do you uh, what do you have on wheat?
2: Yeah, thanks, Nate. So looking at the wheat complex as a whole, there's a couple of different call call-outs I want to highlight. First is the uh, conditions report. Again, we've been really focused in on the weather and the HRW crop. Um, 29% in the good to excellent, so up just a little bit. Conditions in Kansas still uh, tend to be unfavorable. Um, I know Paige will kind of highlight that as we get into the weather section. But Kansas continues to deteriorate and go down from conditions. We're up in Texas and Montana. When it comes to the SRW crop, think about everything grown east of the Mississippi. That's going to be the SRW crop. Those conditions are up uh, versus the prior report. So. As we look at the wheat complex as a whole, things are looking really good for SRW, not so good for HRW. And then when we highlight up in North Dakota and we talk about hard red spring, um, a little bit too early on that. But on the planning progress report, we're at 24 percent for planted for HRS um, versus 38 percent to the average. So, again, a little bit behind, um, not too concerned about it. But uh, we are watching the weather conditions up in North Dakota where a lot of that spring wheat's being grown. That's that's really the call out. So again, primarily driven by weather, looking at the conditions and then the uh, planning uh, progress up in North Dakota for spring wheat.
0: Yeah, and I think and we'll and we'll talk about this when we get to the spec report, but the Chicago specs are carrying a huge short on Chicago wheat and and that probably has has a little bit of a bullish lean to it because what do they always say? If you lean too far to one side of the boat, you uh, you might yeah. tip it over so. Yeah, um, but all right. Well, thanks. Uh, we'll go over to soybeans. Um, similar to corn, we saw soybeans were up seventeen and a quarter cents last week. Oil was up a um, little over two and a half cents, um, with meal being down slightly. I would say that again, similar to corn, uh, soybeans planting progress is looking great. Um, you know, as we've talked about, old crop ending or ending stocks on old crop soybeans are are snug at just over two hundred million bushels. Um, you you continue to read uh, news headlines of, of vessels hitting the U.S. of imported soybeans, and so that's that's the market doing what it should do. I mean, we're it, if stocks are that tight and prices are that high in the U.S., we should be seeing beans slowing in here. Um, Brazil is a bit short on storage, and and so that's that's part of the reason why you're seeing you know maybe more selling out of Brazil, and and similar to corn. Um, U.S. both U.S. soybean exports and U.S. soybean oil exports are are really going to struggle um, for the rest of this crop year so uh, again not a lot to watch there I think I would just look at you know where when we come in next week do we see a big a big jump on uh, on soybean planted uh, acres you know not another 20-30% jump um, that would probably be viewed as pretty favorable you go over and look at veg oil um Malaysian palm oil board April ending stocks are expected to be at 1.5 million metric tons Uh, that's under 1.6 million down from March um and at the same time uh they're looking for exports to be down so then you kind of scratch your head and you say well wait a minute so how are stocks lower if exports are down really what we're seeing is if you recall uh the palm tree kind of goes through an annual cycle where production kind of falls off during the winter time and then once we kind of hit spring, we should see those production numbers kind of come back and move higher. Uh, really, not really. We are really not seeing that yet. And so, um, palm market was up slightly last week, uh, up sixty dollars a metric ton. I think the palm market is still um, is still a little bit concerned. I mean, we saw a few weeks ago where India came in and canceled some palm purchases in favor of soybean oil, so that's going to have a little bit of. Uh, keep a little bit of a lid on on the palm market i think the other thing when you look at veg oil prices domestically here in the u.s is you know we look at a lot of this demand from renewable fuels but i think one of the things that that a lot of people maybe are missing is the increase in imports of veg oil now, not necessarily food grade veg oil but veg oil being used for renewable fuels so this is a chart that bill put together these are imports of used cooking oil into the U.S. and you can see that starting in January we had a pretty big jump in used cooking oil imports and a lot of that is coming out of China Um, I think we did the math and and year-to-date January through now or through the end of April I think we had imported something like 1.1.6 or 1.8 billion pounds of of veg oil uh, for a feedstock for renewable fuels so yes we have a big demand for soybean oil and canola oil going into renewable fuels but we're also importing a lot of fat from other places in the world to be used as a feedstock as well so um there is some question though around this Chinese used cooking oil you know uh is it really used cooking oil um is it is it being used for U.S. renewable diesel or is it getting exported back out of the U.S. um those are questions we don't have all the answers to yet but but the number itself doesn't lie um, with how much stuff is coming into the U.S. When we go over here, going to look at dairy. Jay.
2: Yeah, on the dairy side, I used to give a presentation in my past life talking about <clears throat> are the cows happy, are the cow what's happening on the cow front. So, really, right now on the cow front, seasonally, milk production is increasing. It's going across most of the country. I I would say the exception is probably you know the West Coast, predominantly California. But across the rest of the United States, milk production continues to increase. Um, when we talk about the supply of milk and where it's being produced and how much is being produced, that's really going to be reflected back into the markets. So if you think about milk production here in the Upper Midwest, which is predominantly going into cheese manufacturing. Um, milk is plentiful. Uh, well, a lot of the, um, the Class Three milk right now on a local basis is trading below uh, the, the board value. So it's trading at a discount. Um, that will continue to be that way for at least the next probably three to four weeks as we move and continue to get seasonally warmer and the milk production increases. So when you look at the overall cheese complex and you look at the board specifically, the boards come down rather nicely, especially on the spot values, too. Um, when you look at where we're at versus where we've been, a lot of that's due to two different factors. One, increasing milk production. So we've got more milk flowing into the cheese vats. Number two, demand has been a little bit on the soft side, specifically on the demand side, more around the uh, on the food service side. To be honest with you, when you look at the if you look at the overall index and where cheese is being used, the pizza uh, segment in particular has been a little bit on the soft side. So um, demand hasn't been what uh, people thought it was going to be, and thus you've seen increasing milk production, a little bit lower on the demand side, and the cheese markets moved lower. Now, if you look at milk production on the West Coast, which predominantly um, focuses in on butter production, uh, butter production in, April, in March and April wasn't as much as what we thought. It was still higher year over year, so the stocks are building. The stocks are building at a real robust clip, um, a little bit on the disappointing side. So that's creating some firmness in the butter market. And you've seen the butter market really kind of stay in you know somewhere between the 235 to 245 um, range on the board. Um, Demand on the butter side has been really good, a little bit on the softer side for food service, but demand on the retail side has been really fairly robust. Um, I think with everybody looking at the butter and the price of butter where we were versus a year ago again last year in 2022, we were well over three dollars. And for most of those people that are in the procurement side looking to secure butter, we're definitely lower year over year. Um, that keeps the bid in the marketplace rather firm. And so when you take that and kind of mix it all together, even though we've got more milk, there's cream readily available, um, butter demand has been been solid. So there really hasn't been any place for the butter market to really go. There's been no incentive to kind of move higher and there's been really no incentive to move lower. We'll see if that continues for the next three to four weeks. If we see if we get a little bit of a break on this, Again, I think when you look at the butter complex in specifically, it's the bid is there. The buyers are in, especially for the budget buyers. Um, they're able to secure butter on a significantly lower year-over-year uh, basis. And so I think that's kept that market a little bit firm. Otherwise, the rest of the dairy complex has been a little bit on the softer side, kind of led by cheese. Again, I think the big takeaway here for the dairy complex as a whole, when you talk about the cows, Increasing cows are happy, increasing milk production seasonally, and that will continue to be that way probably for the next three and four weeks.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Jay. Uh, We'll look quickly here at the spec report, and like I said, everything uh, seeing some selling across all the uh, a lot. Well, everything except for butter, as we mentioned. Um, Spec carrying a pretty big short position in Chicago wheat, and uh, and just kind of keep seeing selling here, and so. and and I think one of the one of the reasons that was mentioned here a few weeks ago, if you recall, was just when you look at what what interest rates are doing um, spec likely saying, look, I'm going to take my money out of this uncertain commodity market and uh, I can get a get a more uh, more solid return uh, just by investing in uh, in in the in the equity market instead of uh, instead of in the commodity market. So
2: so Nate, question for you. When we look at a CFTC report like this and you kind commented on the fact that almost everything is red except for for butter, which I kind of highlight a little bit as a procurement uh, professional and you're taking a look at that, what is that an indication of? So if you've got the funds that are basically short all commodities, is that an indicator that commodities more than likely to be going down or would more than likely be going up?
0: Your I would. Prices. It, when I look at this, you know, short term, it's difficult to say, like, what does this mean like for the next week or two out? But when you look, if I was looking out at Q3 or into Q4 and you look mm-hmm. at, at what the spec is doing, my my perception of this is there are enough chips bet on the short side of this market that at some point, if something happens and something triggers the spec to say, OK, I got to unwind the short position and and start moving back um, buying, or getting back out of this that that could be bullish now even though we're seeing this selling and it's red and and you know and you're looking at this you think okay red is down we're we're getting we're getting shorter Mm -hmm. you still need to look at what their overall you know what their overall position is the spec is still carrying a long position on soybean meal is still carrying a long position on soybean oil um I mean uh, soybeans they're short soybean oil but you need to kind of look at this what is their net position not just what is the trend been and mm-hmm. what is their what is their net position compared to historical you know they're short 19,000 soybean oil but the record is short 109,000 versus the record long is 126 so looking at where do they fall in that range and what does that mean directionally wheat is one that I'd be looking at saying okay there's a high likelihood that at some point here we're going to see this thing this thing turn so if we get some news out of the black sea uh, that looks bullish as far as the black sea green deal you know you could maybe see the spec uh, they have a lot of room here to buy so that's <laughs> kind of how that's kind of how i look at it
2: all right thank you
0: um we'll go over here to weather and page uh what do you got
1: yeah so as always we are going to start on this past seven day precipitation map Um, There's a few things I want to call out here. So you can see kind of all across Nebraska, really. um, We got some good rains this past week. Uh, If you remember on that drought severity map, we're kind of the last one in the Corn Belt that remains to be in a drought. Um, And kind of up in North Dakota, it looks like they actually got some, I'm going to say good rains. I'm sure they would like it to maybe not be raining at this point. Um, but really kind of across the rest of the corn belt, they got also got some good rains. Um, Mm -hmm. like Nate pointed out earlier, overall planting progress is ahead of the five-year average. So this is probably going to be pretty beneficial for a lot of those crops, um, that have already gotten in the ground. Um, (laughs) will you go back real quick here? Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, probably not even worth calling out at this point, but another past seven day precipitation map where there's little to no rain that hit those dry uh, hard red wintery areas in kind of western kansas and that oklahoma panhandle but now if you want to flip to that next slide um it seems like we might have some heavier rains kind of inching towards those areas conveniently there's a lovely green blob right in the middle there where i'm sure they would love to see those kinds of purples and reds um but it looks like stuff might be kind of moving in those dry winter wheat area direction. Um, I'm sure none of us would be surprised if they don't actually hit those areas. It seems to kind of be a dome around that at this point. Um, so hopefully those can kind of move in. Otherwise, we really want to talk about kind of North Dakota up there. Nate, will you kind of put your cursor where we were talking earlier? Um, right here. Sure. So Nate had a good point when we were talking about this before the call, a lot of the crops that are grown in North Dakota are kind of right in that blue part, um, kind of on the East side of the state. So a lot of those purples, um, obviously that's very heavy rain, but that seems at this point to kind of be keeping a little bit West. Um, some of those rains might kind of push over to the East there and hit those areas. Um, that Nate pointed out, they're kind of behind on on corn planting up there. Um, but soybean planting, they're really not overly behind. They don't usually have a lot of that crop in by now. Um, wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot of corn acres that switch to soybeans because of kind of this wet pattern that they've been seeing. But um, not looking too bad. Kind of the same thing on the past seven-day precipitation map with this one uh looks like the rest of the corn belt is going to kind of get continue to get some good rains um and again we're ahead on planting progress so we could use some rain uh crops it's obviously good for the crops um maybe in some of these heavier uh rain chances might slow farmers down a little bit um i know here in nebraska every time we get rain it just soaks right into the ground we got some like that map showed we got some pretty decent rains this past week and it was never muddy not once so we remain to be dry we could use the rain um i'm kind of hoping that those darker colors kind of scoot towards the east a little bit and actually get to us um here in omaha but I, not i looking think it's terrible i
0: think it's worth noting just just because this map includes it that there are some decent rains, uh, you know, some of these blue colors, which are inch, inch and a quarter, up here into southern Manitoba and southeastern Saskatchewan, and and when you get to the Canadian map, that's just worth uh, uh, noting that they are mm-hmm. they are getting some rain up into southern Canada.
1: Yeah, good call out. Um, not much to note here on this uh, map. I that's kind of what I was talking about. Nebraska remains to be kind of the last one in the corn belt that is entirely in a drought obviously we are aware that those hard red winter wheat areas are in a drought but i will point out they are yellow on this map now um they've been that dark orange for as long as i can remember so those rains that they got a few weeks ago were seem to be helping out so then flip into these longer term forecasts here um kind of a little bit of a mixed bag when it comes to temperature. It looks like that six to 10 day, it looks like it's gonna be pretty warm across the Corn Belt. Uh, But looking at both of those precipitation maps, it looks like it's gonna be kind of below average precipitation expected, Um, which should help planting in a lot of those Northern states that are kind of just getting going up there. Um, Yeah, but if it's gonna be rainy, Uh, I'm not really sure that that kind of cool front maybe towards that 8 to 14 day is overly helpful, but probably nothing to be too concerned about, especially with how um, planting progress is going so far. Okay, so I know we kind of just talked about this on that uh, U.S. map, but it looks like Canada seems to be looking a little bit better. Um, We've talked to some people that we know up there, and it seems like they're not over worried about dryness at this point. Um, Nate, have they really kicked off planting?
0: Yeah, it sounded like uh, things are kind of getting under the way in southern Alberta, uh, which is this area here, and southern Saskatchewan kind of down in this area. I don't know as though much has kind of gotten kicked off yet in Manitoba, but but things are kind of getting rolling up there.
1: OK, well, it looks to be getting better, so not too bad. If uh, you want to jump forward to South America? Not much to talk about here. Um, That seven-day forecast has kind of pretty well looked like some variation of that um, for the last week or so. Um, If you remember last week, that 14-day forecast had some widespread rains in it. Um, And we thought that was going to be super beneficial for the Safrina crop. I think Dave called it, quote-unquote, a finishing rain um, unfortunately, it does not look like that uh, is going to come to fruition, especially if you look at that seven day, there's still quite a big blob there of no rain. Um, the only thing I will call out here, I rerun these maps every day for the daily wire that we send out. And as of this morning, that 14 day did have more rain in it, uh, than this map shows not a ton more, but kind of right over Mato Grasso. Um, which we know would be beneficial for the safrina crop. Uh, Probably not something to be overly excited about because I just mentioned we kind of were in the same situation last week and we are not seeing those rains come to fruition. Um, But just kind of something to call out and keep an eye on. So, All right.
0: And that is it for this week. So if anybody has any questions or comments or anything, feel free to reach out and let us know. Otherwise, uh, what is it, Paige, that Dave says every week? Be careful out there. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot.